0: This episode of the Council of the First Ones was recorded on March 22nd, 2020.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Council of the First Ones. I'm your host, Kelly. Joining me today is Renee. How are you doing with distance learning,
2: Renee? I'm fine. I'm just wondering if anybody else is out there. I'm here by myself, so I'm glad to be talking to other people.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know that feeling. Also joining us is Sean.
2: Hey,
0: great to hear anybody from quarantine, like Renee's saying. Hey, it's (laughs) nice to know there's other warm bodies out there right right about now.
1: Yes, it is. We also have Rex joining us. It's great to be back, Kelly. Thank you. And David.
3: Hello, great to be here and tuning in from Seattle.
1: We also have a special guest joining us, Tim Seeley, the author of The Masters of the Multiverse. How are you doing, Tim?
4: I'm not too Thanks for having me.
1: Well, we're planning to discuss the last two issues, Issue 4 and Issue 5.
3: And just to clarify, these are the last two issues that have been published. We've got one more, issue six, which will round out the series.
2: And just to throw in, I'm giving everybody the spoiler warning. Everybody here is free to discuss anything and everything on those issues. Okay, so if you haven't caught those issues, get on them. Okay, you're isolated. Do some reading. <laughs> <laughs> I love issue four because I found the cover, Intric, when I first saw it, I thought, oh, it's Venom. You know, the deal with that blackness, like oozing out of He-Man, and I was trying to understand what that meaning was, because I know you were heading toward Filmation, and all the other covers had a hint of what we had, and I knew this is kind of the He-Man Filmation, the way his design was, but what was the idea behind that black ooze? I have no idea. That was a weird choice. I don't know.
4: (laughs) It was a the the artist uh, the cover is dude in, in Yakuli I believe and he's real talented but um I never see them until they're done you know so like when I got that one in I was like oh okay I guess because one <laughs> it doesn't look like the animated He Man because it's done in his style so right. kind of you know it doesn't really sell the idea that we're doing the animated He Man like if it was all a bunch of realistic stuff and then animated He Man I thought that would've been cool but I don't know why but yeah I'm not sure what the venom is at all I had no I mean maybe it was just an editor some script and that's how he interpreted the this sort of anti, uh, you know, anti-Eternia corruption—I guess—is how he interpret it, which is totally fine. But yeah, uh, everybody thought Venom, which I don't know, maybe it helped us sell issues. Venom is unreasonably right. popular at the moment for whatever reason. Right. So,
2: because we saw that cover before, and that's why I was like, okay, what's going? You know, I was thinking like maybe Anti-Eternia was going to shed his skin or something. You know, that's that's kind of where I thought yeah. the story was. Okay, and now that you said you had no idea, okay.
4: <laughs> yeah i never know what's going on with the covers it's because mattel coordinates them, so like i tend to not really know you know sometimes when i'm working on books i have a lot more interaction with the cover artists and stuff but these are pretty much done by mattel so um and he's super good that artist is really really good uh he just oh, yeah. we don't have a direct line of communication so he kind of yeah. interprets things however he interprets them
3: well and it's interesting because i i feel like there's this kind of a you know this tradition of comic book covers that have nothing to do with what the content of the actual comic it, you know, uh, has to offer. Right. And so sure. I feel like, and, it's I not, mean, yeah. yeah, it's not totally it's not quite
5: representative,
4: but yeah, but it's, it's close. I mean, it's, it's symbolic, I guess, because mm-hmm. that's something like that happens. But, um, but you know, comic covers are supposed to just be like, you know, analogies or metaphors and they're just supposed to get you to buy the comic. Really. That's, that's right. the job. So yeah. for me, I was like, yep, sounds fine.
3: You could have just had like a really nice looking Tila, and we'd be, be, be like, okay, sure, I'll buy it. Yeah, yeah.
2: I, I, a a nice money. Tila would have been nice. You know? Yeah,
3: yeah. Mm-hmm. I
2: was kind of bummed. She's not. On, I don't think she's on. Well, she's on five, uh, six, but a version of.
3: We need oh. a variant variant cover. <laughs> yeah. So
2: another clue right there. Uh, but, yeah. one thing I, but one thing I I wanted to ask you because right off the bat I love like you take us to Eternia the filmation you. I like the art style. You know, mm. it is a little bit of a mix. And I was worried that you were going to make fun of it. You know, because when you go to the 80s now and you see filmation, people still kind of talk about how hokey it was and, you know, and all that. And you didn't make fun of it. Uh, no, I mean, I, 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 I tried not to
4: make fun of anything. I mean, you know, it should be fun, but I, I try to not make fun of anything. Because well. all this stuff is, it's you know consistent into its own rules so you know the only thing i kind of made fun of
2: is crackers but <laughs>
4: well,
3: yeah
2: <laughs> well, well i kind of felt you were hitting there with the the lessons you know you were kind of pointing out or the the movie he-man was pointing out that they're all about lessons and all that they don't know you know that the, he kind of pointed out that they're naives about he it so, yeah. To him, yeah 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 and I did like that. I did like because it kind of was, you know, that filmation world is. But then well, you really uh, made a hero. Yeah.
4: I mean, I, I think it's for kids. I mean the cartoons for kids, and it was always meant to be that. And it was from a time like if you think about the stuff filmation had to deal with when they were making that cartoon, and you know, you got like Nancy Reagan, you know, requiring you know these anti-drug PSAs and stuff, you know, like um, so they were working within a sort of structure of um, the government while essentially doing something that hadn't been done previously, which was do a kid's cartoon that was ostensibly an ad for toys. So, you know, they were, they were trying to kind of appease old Nancy, but they were also trying to do, Mm -hmm. you know, relevant stories that felt they had drama and they, um, they had good characters and they did all this stuff and they did it amazingly well. Like you look, Mm -hmm. you know, how, how well that cartoon stands up. And I would, I would suggest that, you know, Filmation Skeletor is probably the most iconic thing he-Man. Period. I think he's yeah. probably more famous than He-Man, and yeah. he's certainly more famous than any other version of Skeletor. Um, and he's just like a pure creation. Like everybody, you know, from my my seven year old niece to my uh, you know sixty five year old mom knows Filmation Skeletor.
3: Absolutely. And as I just wanted to chime in and say that you know, mm-hmm. as far as not making fun of the show, I mean, this is Tim Sealy we're talking about. He's a he's a hardcore. Masses of the universe fan like us, so I, you know, I had had no concerns about that going into, the, you know, into reading these uh, issues, and I think I feel that yeah, that it's he's, you know, here's uh, a He Man from a, a a much darker, uh, you know, multiverse, you know, from the movies uh, version of of the show of the the canon, and he he's in stark contrast to the more innocent. Uh, filmation multiverse. And so he, he's giving that, you know, he's looking at that world through his eyes. And, uh, I, th- I feel like that piece of it was done very, very well.
4: And in the end, of course, anti, you know, earth movie, he man was basically proven wrong. Right. Cause he, he convinced right. about the lessons, but in the end, it's what saved
2: his ass. <laughs> so, yeah. So, well, that's yeah. what, it, that's mm-hmm. the praise I give you for that because you, you brought it around. Yeah. That was yeah. This beautiful. Is, And this is the uh, idea that, you know, the documentaries, the He-Man documentaries and uh, a lot of the people praise is that as much as people looked on it and laughed about it, you know, because it's 80s, you know, the lessons and all that resonated, you know, and now people are appreciating how much filmation brought it. And that's what I'm trying to say. I give you credit for that, you know, because I was remembering when I was looking at this, I was remembering way back in the 90s. There was a Justice League issue where the Justice League met the super friends and Uh they kind of made fun of that for a while. It was like a crossover hyper time issue and all that. And they did make fun of the super friends, but I always felt that was a bit unfair because those were the as a kid. That's what I grew up in. I didn't read the comic books. I saw the cartoons first right? and you respected it. You know, you didn't do the route they did. You respected the filmation, and what I appreciated is that you made filmation He-Man or Prince Adam the main hero by pulling through and doing good. And I, I give you high praise yeah. for that. Well, I appreciate it. I mean, but the the thing I was trying not
4: to not do the easy thing would have been to make fun of it or make it grim and dark. And like I, I always remember, there was this uh, DC series where they brought in Wendy and Marvin, who were like the kid, kids from the um, the pre Super show, show. Or the Super Friends, not the Super Power Show. They were from, and and then like they had a dog, and then in the comics they like had the dog grow giant and tear Wendy's arm off or something like that. (laughs) Like, oh my god, which is it's like all that is is for shock, right? It's basically like so jaded and so depressing, like that you're basically saying like my imagination and childhood is so dead that all I can do for enjoyment is destroy the things I used to love. Like that to me is crap. Like that's just bad writing. So, um, so I didn't want to do something like that. Like you know nice. so hopefully you know we we have our laughs and we try to do things in the tone and the hopefully the humor comes from the contrast between those characters because mm-hmm. you know um, obviously like you know the um, the just brightness of that orco would drive movie he made crazy and you know all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff that that's just in character you know, but like yeah but Again, we did do something terrible to Crackers the Clown, so I'm, I'm, I'm not uh, a
5: <laughs>
3: we well, showing. Well, thank you so much for save, sparing uh, Filmation He-Man and, and oh, yeah. of course, Prince Adam, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we actually we got to uh, here, see, just. I just wanted to mention, you can actually see uh, the sword sheath behind the back of Prince Adam for the fir- very first time ever.
4: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had some designs that we used, and uh, that's what Tom was drawing from. So he had that sort of, uh, <clears throat> I don't remember what style, but we had something from a that we were using.
0: Just want to throw in there. I want, I was really happy. Issue three was issue three. Number one for me. Uh, like the, we have He-Man reestablished in the Mike Young productions again. That made me happy because with all the He-Man uh, alternates getting killed off, I was scared to death through that entire issue. So thank you. I'm very happy with how that one worked out <laughs> going into issue four. It was interesting that um, I'd say probably more people than not wanted to see Filmation He-Man go toe-to-toe with anti-Attorney He-Man. And it was really uh, like a surprise, and it was also kind of a nice surprise in some ways to see it wasn't Filmation He-Man going toe-to-toe with him. We got to see Dolph go toe-to-toe, which was really cool. But it was interesting (laughs) that Adam got to play the hero in this issue instead of He-Man and what was what was your thoughts on on flipping the script in a sense to let Adam have his time to shine versus every I, I'm positive. Every fan had to go. It's going to be filmation. He's going to take charge. He's going to kick some button. That's like Adam's going to kick in and kick some button and, and take charge. Uh, what, what was what was your thinking on, on making that work uh, in this miniseries? I mean, one of the things I guess maybe just this for sort of consistent thing across all the Masters the Universe stuff is you see.
4: And it's it's this sort of weird backlash against like Clark Kent being Superman and this like older jaded audience going like, Oh, anybody would know that that's fucking Clark Kent. Um, and then, so the same reaction kind of happens for Prince Adam and, mm-hmm. and people like, and I, I feel like this has been my sort of gist the entire time. Cause it was also sort of the point of um, injustice master of universe, which is just like, you know, those characters need that human identity because it keeps them human. Right. Like that's why. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so here, we had seen previously that um, 87 movie He-Man basically said, you know, he didn't need to be Prince Adam anymore. Once the war started, there was no need for secret identity. There was nothing. And so he'd given it up. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of saw him. That's part of why he was, he, his, his anger and his sort of complete envelopment into being He-Man had made him vulnerable more so than Adam was to the star. And we already knew that, you know, by because of the cartoon Adam had, have <laughs> been able to turn down the star seeds power and corruption. Yeah. And and then you know seeing that that this he who had given up his his human side to some degree uh, and kind of had stuck to being this sort of space god space warrior laser gun god um, had, was was more susceptible. And then Adam was the one that was able to pull him out. So it's sort of like all about this sort of larger treaties that I've been approaching all this stuff with. Which I think partially is just stop adding your adult logic to this thing, you know, and like just <laughs> mm-hmm. like just try to enjoy <laughs> this thing for what it is, yeah. And and also just sort of this idea that I think there's this weird tendency I I feel like to try to make superheroes like you know more realistic or something, which is like the antithesis of what makes a superhero interesting. Like the more realistic they get, the more that the cracks show, and you know mm-hmm. I just to me that's so unnecessary and so. Adult and jaded, you know, like I don't know. It's it's just like this backlash for me for you know something like the Joker movie. We're like, we're gonna make a a Joker story, but it's not gonna be a comic book story. It's like, yeah, that's why that movie's terrible.
5: Like you didn't make a comic <laughs> book story. You made a, a
4: off, you know, movie without the heart. Like it's just that's the
5: yeah.
4: you know that. So that's kind of my large treatise, I think. And you'll see. I don't know. I can't stop myself from putting in my opinions. Uh, as story, it's just how it works. So
3: there you go. <laughs> well, it comes with. I mean, you know, you put everything you have into it, and so that's just, you know, natural, right? For yeah. for your for you know, you're putting parts of you into it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
4: And you know, obviously, there are probably people who could do a mass universe story not treat it as personal as
3: me. But you didn't get that person. You got me. So. <laughs> that helps, that helps well, and I'm I'm super happy that we got you. Really, because, I mean, it's not just somebody who is like, oh, you're you're assigned this, you know, write something about this brand you've never heard of. No, it's it's somebody who's, you know, been on He-Man.org since I think you said 2009, uh, you know, 2009. and somebody who 1999. Oh, <laughs> 1999. wait, did I say yeah, right? Yeah, He's right. one like, of the yeah. originals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Which is yeah. fantastic. You're, you love He-Man and Masters of the Universe like we do. And that that's that's. That says a lot, you know, so thank you for, you. you know, for being a part of this. And uh, but yeah, oh my gosh, I love the fact that Filmation's Filmation Skeletor's part in this issue was amazing. And I, I love the idea. <laughs> there's so much action. I appreciate that, that there's a lot of action. There's a lot of fists are flying, bodies are flying around, you know, that is so cool. But what ends up happening with Skeletor? Magic. I love it.
4: The only thing <laughs> I regret is I didn't have enough. I didn't have more room for because I, you know, that's one thing about this, <clears> that, you know, I only get 20 pages of the issue. So, mm-hmm. so I'm only in these places for like 15 pages or 16 pages. Cause I have to set it up and I have to close it out. So, um, so like, you know, I, w- I would have loved to spend more time with summation scales Forever because he's such an icon. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the job then instead had to be to construct something for him that was so perfectly iconic. And so, obvious that i didn't have to spend a lot of time setting it up you would just go yeah that's what he would do
5: uh and so you know
4: for him <laughs> to him to have a chance to have the star seed, like he wouldn't think about it for a second but then mm-hmm. knowing he'd have a boss i mean he would never let that happen so that was just like you know
2: the <laughs>
4: the solution to only having a few pages with him was to just make it 100 percent a character study
2: and that's why you're good at this because you understood skeleton you know, like you mentioned before, if somebody else came aboard, they would have missed that. You know, some other characters, you know, if you do a villain who gets offered power, they would have grabbed at it. You knew that Skeletor wants to be master. That's his motivation. And you understood that.
4: Think of how he treats sidekicks. Like, anybody who's not the boss, he thinks is the biggest piece, right? Like, so if, if he was not the <laughs> boss, he thinks he would be like, oh, I should be able to get kicked around and zapped in the ass, you know, like, he knows anybody who's not the boss is the, the worst, that's how, that's how he thinks.
3: Yeah.
2: Well, now that it now that you brought it up, that you were limited, uh, I'm just curious, what would you have done if you had more pages? I mean, I definitely would just give him
4: more screen time and website, more stuff with them arriving at Snake Mountain and, and his reaction to it, um, and then having him deal, you know, with with Prince Adam and the that there's like two other He-Man basically around, you know, or and a version of himself, I would have played with a yeah. lot more, you know, like, especially, this is the hardest thing about this book was always having to be like a version of yourself shows up and, and you just go, what? The way this kind of dealt with it was they, they live in a place that's crazy. So the rules are different. So like if an alternate Skeletor shows up, most of the Skeletors are like, yeah, I know who you are. <laughs> yeah, you know, they they get it they, and i i nice. had to sort of say that like well look they've been studying all these scouts or they've been studying magic and stuff for many years so they they would totally have this stuff like
3: you know like a cosmic awareness only,
4: yeah totally so but i would have loved this now but then i can't do that every issue every issue i can't have and be like hey i'm you and then they'd be like
0: what
4: like i, <laughs> I just can't do
0: that. Makes sense based on based on the page counts and stuff like that it sounds like maybe there's more to most of these issues than you were able to put on the page because you had some other ideas and maybe it's that whole you have to kill your children thing with writing or whatever. You oh, know? Yeah. There might be some things that maybe you had <clears throat> to leave behind and stuff like that. Is is there a potential if this uh, – they've collected all the other uh, miniseries to this point. If they collect it and then maybe have some of your story notes of things that we didn't get to see at some point, is that a potential maybe or – is it kind of, it is what do it is, we're just going kind to of showcase stuff. that. I mean, they, I, would they did, I would love to do that. For it, it's, it, every issue I've read, I feel like you, you've you you've gotten so much into each issue that it's chock full, but I always feel like there probably is something that you left off on, on your page that couldn't go into these pages due oh, to your sure. limitation with the cut, page yeah. counts. Yeah, yeah so There's I, like in the, sure. in the... In the He-Man and, and the Thundercats crossover, I know they had a lot of room in the back where they could showcase uh, Freddie Williams' art. Maybe have some notes. That would be something I'd really be curious about because I think out of out of anybody working on this, you probably now after five issues, I'm looking at it going, there has to be a ton of stuff that you wished you could have put into this thing, and you're you're giving you're giving nods to the things that you'd love to put in, but that page count is probably the thing that's driving you crazy each month going. I really want to add this in, but I gotta you oh, know, yeah. time constraints, <laughs> pacing constraints. I mean, I usually could have done so. that. well. That's
4: the thing. I would have loved to have had the room like Crisis on Infinite Earth. That's the room I wish I had. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. twelve issues, and then I would have had them add more characters. Like it wouldn't have just been you know the two or three guys jumping in through some time. I would have had I would have multiple characters, and I would have. I mean, if I could have, that's what I would have done. But there was no way to get twelve issues out of it. So, yeah. Thank you. I
0: I have been curious about that ever since reading the first issue. So now it's like I I like knowing that there were some ideas that didn't make it. I'd love to at least hear like a director's commentary or something in in some future yeah. edition of it where it's collected and just go like that would have been so cool. You know, I mean, how how often would it, is it in movies we get to? Oh, the director really would love to do this, and you're like that would have been an interesting story just to have that little moment. Or-
4: I mean, I really wanted to do something with Orko, uh, Filmation Orko, and then I want to do a thing with uh, Evil Orko from the DC comics, and I had a whole plot, subplot that I was going to do with that, and I had to cut it, and I had a lot more Chila oh, man. stuff because she's my favorite, Uh I was going to do more with, with Chila, <laughs> but I, just, I didn't have room. I had to cut it all. I'm uh,
3: telling you, you I need have- uh, to pitch a Tales from the Multiverse comic.
4: Yeah, I, <laughs> well, I agree. You know, I worked out nice, <laughs> Rob Robert, Robert, uh, Robert David at Mattel was like really good about basically saying like, okay, because I had pitched in just a bunch of crazy, all kinds of, had like a planet to go to, which was all oh. the knockoff he managed It was going to be like Platino mm-hmm. from of T, And I was going to be like,
5: <laughs> you know, um, oh.
4: like, these like, Mex- like Mexican knockoff characters. And it was going to be like all those guys. And Rob was like, hey, that's great, but nobody cares about that. Like cut that. <laughs> Rob was really good at, at sort of focusing on the important stuff. He, right. He's the one that kind of said, you know, he, he picked out like the elements of the script and said, these are the things that people are going to care about, and uh, and that's the stuff that we we focused on because well, it does get more sort of, obscure.
2: Well, I was pointing out that's part of the dynamic I'm picking up here was the character, and mm-hmm. as I'm reading them, like I really like Tila in the 2000 X universe. We really got to see her. There was a connection there, you know, with the uh, App He Man. Saying you know how he felt about her, I really thought there'd be development. And I know you ran out of space. I know you ran out of space. I I would have liked to seen an underlying theme of He-Man with Tila's relationships and Skeletor's relationships.
4: Like the way I had to set it up was just like an education about this sort of thing. Is that I knew the themes that I wanted to hit, which was He-Man always has a weakness for Tila. That's true of all the stories. So we get to see that and it pays off this issue, right? Like, because that's how they convince the savage He-Man to come with that. Or in issue five, it pays off because that's how they get him to come along is that mm-hmm. uh, Keldor has learned that He-Mans always have a weakness for Tila, So he uses it. Like, so I can make it work. I can make it pay off, but I don't get to play it like, you know, like, I mean, obviously I would love to have been able to do something with she Although that sort of opens a whole new can of worms, and right. you know, like I would have loved to have done stuff with that. I kind of wanted to do like a heroic faker world. Like I want to do all this, sh- and you know, it's just I only have so much room. And and definitely <laughs> like, Rob saying, look, these are the important ones that people really care about. Um, and you know, and my and I think the way way I pitched it, um, you know, the most the sort of prime world is that original mini comics world, and we're moving towards that world as being sort of like um you know this big uh big story point and then when we we end the story back in i anti-eternia like that was the trajectory we all felt like it has to be this
2: i think an epic yeah. storytelling usually have uh or in the uh hero of a thousand faces they have it where we always end up where we started you yeah know?
4: having been changed right yeah, yeah you go mm-hmm. change experience come return change that's the I teach a class, so I know they're upside down. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, um, but definitely, like, you know, and, and that's obviously the Master the Universe formula has always been that, too. Um, and it's, it's certainly, you know, he's a Cambellian hero, for sure. Um, but, and, and, you know, you don't want to ruin that. Like, that's something so important and inherent to the character. Like, I don't, you know, I don't feel the need to, like, upend that or, or destroy it, you know.
2: Well, before we go on to the issue five, I, I want to ask one question on this. On filmation in that universe, you've kind of matured the language a bit. You know, like you said earlier, sure. it was for kids. And here, you know, when I was reading it, I found it really powerful that you brought up like Adam with hangovers, the hangover excuse. You know, you had that line. You had Adam uh, mentioning that, you know, the orb, it's like a, a drug addict, you know, it'll draw to Skeletor. Which are mature themes which would never come out on filmation. They might on a series today. Was that a conscious yeah. effort to put that yeah. sort of tone in? I mean, if, it only if I didn't it, it was a weird line to walk because I knew if I made it too
4: like like I, I knew it had to feel like authentic and sort of pure and honest and the voice had to sound right, but I also couldn't make it like um like, like I couldn't underplay the drama, right? Like I couldn't cheat the stakes. So, which is the hard thing about this sort of stuff, because if you lower the stakes, then the audience um, checks out, you know, so like the stakes had to remain high and we have to understand the stakes and the, the the challenges to the heroes. So, yeah, like, I mean, the hangover thing, though, I know they wouldn't have said it in the cartoon. They certainly would have said it in the DC comic that came around at the same time. So, like, I felt like it was probably OK. Um, but now that you say it, you're right. It's definitely not a fashion thing to say hangover. But uh, but yeah, I mean, like just, you know, the drug addict thing, it just as long as the stakes were high, as long as the drama felt, then I felt like it was not a complete cheat, you know, but I I definitely wasn't going to have them like, God
2: damn, or something, you know, like, I knew that that (laughs) that wasn't going to be a thing. Well, I did like that you implied the, I guess, crackers got skinned. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I like you use your imagination. You you decide what happened.
4: I I don't exactly uh, I don't exactly know, but you decide. If you're really twisted, you can say he got skin. Uh, or maybe anti He Man used a little bit of a spell, or he's yeah. painted his face. And in the inflammation world, things are so wacky that if you paint your face, you look exactly like someone. You you decide. It's up to you. Uh, but, you know, I let that one go without. Imp- <laughs>
5: <laughs> I have to uh, comment, Tim, on how when you had uh, killed your scribe, uh, Prince Adam, or. Uh, version. He him a
4: New England Chipper. I laughed out loud And it, I mean, and that's also the sort of jaded thing the way we are now, right? Like Keldor is us. He walks into this as us, you know. And hopefully the the journey has sort of been, you know, like though you agree kind of with Keldor, you see where he's wrong, you know.
2: Jumping to issue five, I got to... Point out i just love your treatment of that savage world and part of it i mean it was just beautiful it was beautiful artwork and i know you've done your you know just looking at it again you're the right guy for this because you really captured that universe Mm -hmm. that world you nailed it completely and so part of it i was going to ask you a little technical geek terms here because i know you know your stuff do you consider the later mini-comics different than the earlier ones? It's tough, because the first, even the first, you know, I interviewed Don Glute,
4: the guy who wrote those, and he used to, he oh, lived wow. in Chicago, he's a local guy, um, and I interviewed him about those in all comics, and because there's inconsistencies in the first three or four books, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Tila changes, uh, yep. she starts out as blonde, and she becomes this sort of redhead, and then even, like, you know, He-Man's relation to Stratos and, and Man-in-Arms, like, all those things change the course of even those first four or five books, that first block of sort of almost more like picture books than, than comics. But, um, mm-hmm. uh, but I decided the only like, because, and then DC takes over, right. And then Gary Cohn and Mark texier yeah. start doing them and they're better comics. Those guys are comics guys for sure. And, um, but they're different. I think I didn't, I mean, if I had to, if I had the room, I would have counted them all up till like the end of the texier run. So up through the sort of introduction of, um, Trap Jaw and Ram Man and Many Faces I and and the tale of
5: Teela I would have
4: considered all of that the same universe even though consistency-wise it changes a lot and relationships change and uh, <clears throat> you know they start out with the two the two swords needing to be joined together to open the door which they completely abandon later um, and you know and then it's just which it's is just a fun thing about the Universe really is just that the we them, they were just making up as they went along they had no idea.
5: And,
4: <laughs> you know, they, and when we were kids, we, we, this helped our imagination. Things were inconsistent, and you had to make it work in your head. You uh-huh. had to make your own sort of headcanon. So. Um, but I, I resolved for this that it would just encompass the first basically three or four um, picture books.
3: Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, uh, basically right up until the, the time where the red armored god uh, sorceress appears right because the god you know that's the that's the biggest change that i've seen and i've been dealt i I, i've got (coughs) to say i've been delving into the mini comics uh quite a lot the last few months um and yeah no that you're you're right on to focus on just those comics
4: i mean there's plenty of good stuff in there but it would have just added you know and i would love to have done something with that original mini comic trapjaw who is like Way scarier and could travel. He's like an interdimensional criminal. He could go from this like flip universe, Masters or er, Eternia, where Castle Grayskull was like a ghosted out. I mean, all that stuff is so cool. Um, I certainly could have used it, but I just don't. I don't have a space, you know. So right. Um, and, and this is a story about He-Man and Skeletor, and and that's mostly what it's about. I
5: have a question specific issue five on uh page eight. the last panel. I was curious about the futuristic uh, past version of Eternia you did there, with, um, the multiple uh, talent fighters uh, in this comic. That was very yeah. interesting. Yeah, fun. I love that. In the, in
4: the universe. Yeah, I mean, that was based on stuff. You know, the original story of the talent fighter was that it was this ancient weapon that they had left over, and that, you know, so my, my idea was to combine all that stuff. I think this is definitely implied by Tom in, the, in his description of the Great Wars, but that this really advanced society had all this sort of stuff that they left over and that's what Eternia had. So he man's force dust, you know, um the the talent fighters, the all these things were super sophisticated, maybe technology, but maybe with a little bit of some kind of magic. And then when the Great War happened, all that got wrecked and the bits that were left over were sort of these um, you know, Cold War era weapons in this in this fantasy world, right? There were these, you know, there, there was sort of the the escalation weapons in this sort of, you know, ramped up war. So, so that was kind of the idea was to show you, you know, this super advanced intergalactic Eternian society that had all this stuff and, and, and just sort of imply that that's maybe where a lot of that stuff came from. Cause to me, it makes sense that like, you know, this society, you know, there was probably people who just used jetpacks to go to work like that. And then <sighs> when those were left over, the people who picked them up became the avian and makes sense. the, you know, the, I think we put in there like a, oh, I, I think we did. It was at least mentioned was um, like a version of the old the Human's Battle Armor, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. uh, that like that 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 was maybe some kind of standard, you know, troop thing that they could use, or and even maybe that the Cosmic Enforcers were some kind of, you know, like maybe they were the the Council of Sort of Wisdom or whatever kind of version in this in this version of of the history.
3: Because Masters of the Universe is basically set in a post-apocalyptic world. So, yeah, that makes perfect right, sense. Right,
4: basically, yeah. Right, the, the the initial idea was, you know, sort of like Conan is wandering the world that Flash Gordon used to live in, right? That's kind of the original pitch to some degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so,
3: You know. good description, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind
4: of the way we treated it. What's that? I was just going to comment on that, you know, before I was just... Switch topics. Too much about that uh, look like him. That panel as well. That was uh, interesting. That what? In, panel, uh, in page eight, the last panel there. It was a uh, third
5: character back from uh, the idealistic future past. Interesting Georgia He in there.
2: Yeah. Was that a conscious thing? Because he kind of looks like Hero. He kind of looks well like Hero two. Yeah, I mean, but that hero wasn't part of that original
4: story, right? Like, Mm -hmm. that kind of came later. But I also kind of thought, like, you know, maybe on a different continent, you know, they did have Preternia. Like, this was a, you know, uh, like a massive culture. Like, maybe they had that stuff. But I just, I was trying to stick to stuff directly related to those original mini-comics, you know? So, like, yeah, so, like, maybe you see a sort of uh, proto-hero and sort of proto-King Greyskull kind of in there. But all that stuff came later, and, and, you know that was so that you could get dinosaur toys, right? Like that wasn't yeah. part of the, the mythology that they started with, which you know, it's totally fine. It evolved and it became different things. But you know, my main interest was we've been talking so much in this whole thing. It's like, why, how did it's pre uh, anti eternia happen? And, and I, I knew I was going to tie it to this sort of original uh, idea that it was tied to this original, you know, this major war and this basically the great war caused Aaron. It. it was going to be, my my
0: treaties from the beginning the the fact that um issue three you did the 2000x and kind of left that open uh, the door open there in my opinion because he-man's still there all the heroes are back again and everything and then in this issue five you you started setting like a standard of this is the the preternia in a sense i i'm impressed by the fact that you left enough stories on the table that it could be something maybe you could come back to and revisit at some point. Was that an intention? And is that something you would like to do? Because I could definitely with issue five, seeing those little glimpses, you could definitely, you know, build some stuff out of that and create some, you know, like the, the prehistory of leading up to this, if you wanted to, because as fans, we've never got to see a lot of that. This is our first window into that. Um, Is that something you'd be interested in doing if they came back? If the, the line keeps going forward or is that something where you're like, it's just fun to to visit that and we're good, you know, and you move on from, I I would write a monthly Savage He-Man book in a second to be, to be honest, this issue for me was like when, when I heard the voice you used even just for He-Man and this, I'm just like, oh my God, this is my childhood revisited. This is so freaking cool. So like this whole thing was my bread and butter even more than 2000 X. And to see the, the take on like where his armor could have come from, like you were just talking about, I dug that so much because like it's cool to it, – it, every every hero has that origin where you go back and you're like, this is the reason why he would put this kind of an armor on himself or whatever. Or this is the, why that symbol means this or whatever. And I just – I liked how you and uh, and Tom both made a conscious effort to have those nods here. But then if you did an, an ongoing, sign me up because at this point I, I would be all about it because I love that this is one of those times where – it's untouched in some ways there's four issues in the mini comics and after that the world's yours you know and that would be yeah. a- amazing to read something like that monthly <laughs> yeah i mean and you know every freelancer
4: learned by the time they've been doing this one i was like always another mini series into your series so that you get more work so yeah i was definitely yeah, trying yeah, to uh, yeah i mean i was trying to set up everything in this or something else right like Hopefully, this sort of expo- you know shows that like the strength of Master Universe is such that you could get away with I think doing a filmation miniseries and you can get away with doing a mini comics miniseries. All mm-hmm. that stuff is
5: is there.
0: You know? Nice. Well, okay.
3: okay. Cool. And I just love that it's again like the uh, the previous issues. It's loaded with references. Like you know just this even the spelling of Tila with the dash in there is from the early mini comic. And uh, the now the ref, you mentioned the reflecting pool. It was referenced. Is that from the Lake of Mystery poster?
4: Yeah. yeah. Wow, nerd. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the idea was really yeah, because in that it, the poster it says you know this, this pool that shows other other places, but sometimes it's not right or it doesn't show the right things, whatever. Yeah. So my <laughs> my thinking was that he may would have he would have used that as a reference. This is like. Okay. Yeah, you know, I was trying to like, how would you think of if you, he, because he's supposed to be more superstitious and he's not very technologically versed and he sort of, so he would need a reference point of this. because He wouldn't understand alternate universes. So um, yeah, good, good catch nerd.
3: And <laughs> I, it, I, I really was curious about the, that page with the, where he says that, um, that the hidden half of the power sword is gone from its sacred tomb, a uh, stone tomb and I'm wondering, is that from Conan? Because I recall that in Conan, in the movie, the sword was placed in this stone tomb, and the, yep. the Conan had yep. to grow it up just, to be strong enough to lift the, the lid yeah. and to take yep. the sword. That's
4: where it comes from. It comes from Fantastic. Conan. It definitely does. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that was, I, I saw Conan about the same time I got that first mini-comic. So, you know, that first movie, even though now I, I'm, not 100% on it, but um, it was as indelible to me, as sort of this, you know, my love of fantasy and sort of sorcery as as, uh, as He-Man was. So, um, yeah, definitely inspired by that. I, I wanted to play with the idea that, uh, and this is kind of a, it's a Conan idea for sure, but it, it's been used in other stuff, which is mm-hmm. that, that He-Man, you know, returned to his village and left this there because he knew that they were only that only people that were strong enough on on his world were his people, and that's a little bit of that sort of you know barbarian conan sort of thing like uh that that he would feel that they, these people were able to you know and, and that's why he kept he, the girl said uh, you know that he would come back and tell them the only reason he was able to go out and do these things was he was able to return to this this firm ground and make a stand right like so hmm. yeah that was yeah. definitely all conan.
3: fantastic and you know and mm-hmm. i wanted to get your thoughts on the bleeding scar tell us about that
4: it just sounded like something that would have been done in the old comics, you know? Like, and I wanted to play up this idea that we never saw as much images from the Great War as it was applied, you know? So I wanted to, mm-hmm. that's the one thing I told Tom, is like, I want to show what they did to their world in this, this war, you know? Um, so you see that giant sort of weapon, that big rusting, whatever it is, um, mm-hmm. some kind of mechanical dragon. And then, you know, at some point someone unleashed something so hellish that they, they basically like broke their earth in half you know like so i just want to put that all felt like really gritty like robert howard fan- fantasy to me <laughs> you know like this just like mm. so nice. you know and the world of the mini comics is pretty small there's no map uh, there's nothing you know there's no uh, uh talk of other continents or other anything so so mm-hmm. i figured it was it was ripe like i could do whatever i want it was open. right
3: fantastic and that's the beauty of it yeah you know, yeah. I, I was I was telling you how I, I was I've been really digging into the mini comics and your your writing and and other some other people's writings, you know, encouraged me to uh, kind of give myself a project to keep myself sane during this whole virus thing, right? And yeah. so I've actually been writing new comics, new mini comics that take place before the official mini comics that delve oh, awesome. into the great war and the origins of he-man and all this stuff and so this, this stuff just like you know it, it's just so amazing to to read this issue uh because and i it, think it's, it,
4: it's just like a testament to the strength of the brand mm-hmm. they unleashed all these people to just add to this all they had was toys the cool toys the coolest toys ever made coolest action figures of all time and but, but that's all they had. They didn't have anything else. So they enlist all these great people, and it's largely comic book people at first, right? They enlist mm-hmm. Don Glute. He's a comic book writer. And they enlist Alfredo Ocala. He's a comic book artist. And they enlist um, you know Gary Cohn and they uh, Mark Teixeira. And these guys fill out this world in such a way that like it is it, those toys wouldn't have sold the way they did if we hadn't all just been like, what is the deal here? Like those comics... Right. I mean, I read comics today because of the mini comics that came with Master the Universe. The first comic book I ever got in my entire life yeah, came with my He-Man and Battle Cat set and nice. I immediately
5: had my mom <laughs>
4: buy me uh, a Spider-Man and a Hulk comic. That was like, that is the, so cool. you know, and and there's probably about three years there where the only comics I got, because they were hard to find, were um, Star Comics, Master the Universe, the DC Comics, He-Man
5: comics, you know.
2: Wow. <laughs> and okay, here you, you are. you ever get your hands on the DC miniseries ones? The original one? That's yeah, yeah, I love that. I
4: love it. I mean, I kind of got yeah. to do my sequel with Injustice: Master sure. Universe because my first experience with those comics was the Superman crossovers. So, like, I felt like I kind of did it there to some degree, um, and and that was my homage to those. Uh, and so, I, if you if you remember, the original Superman, uh, He-Man comics were ads they were paying in other comics. You know, so like, I had to. I remember I was so excited about more He-Man comics after I read mini comics that i went to the store and i bought firestorm and i can't remember what else maybe like like amethyst or something and just because mm-hmm. i wanted those he-man comics that were in there and i lo- i ended up loving firestorm and amethyst it was but like i was chasing those he-man comics and then he fought yes. superman and i was like holy shit. you know like this guy like, <laughs> yeah. i hadn't read comics yeah. but obviously i knew who i knew who
2: superman was I got to ask you, okay, since we're heading toward the end here, is that He-Man dead? Which one? (laughs) Yeah, that's the savage one. The the savage one. So my thinking of it was, so
4: he gets thrown into lava, right? But, like, he's pretty tough. Last second, he manages to push his uh, his, uh, force belt on. And he's protected, but he's trapped in lava. So he's taken out. And then the next story of that character, basically, him crawling his way through like miles of lava like a bad mother to get <laughs> to get back and then you know and then you set him up in this new crazy scenario because we took out skeletor at least temporarily but uh skeletor like got really close to having the weaponry to to um bring his people to the world but they lost, he lost the swords so i mean you could do so much it would be but we'll see i don't want to ruin too much as it kind of sets up in issue six
2: well, that's what I'm awesome. thinking. If, mm. if we left that world, I was left thinking, what's going to happen to this world? And that's always the questions that I would have loved to have a follow up because I'm curious about all the worlds we've left behind. You know, like what is the new adventures world like now with He-Man dead? What's, you know, yeah. the 2000X, you know, mm. that was a big, heavy ending there. And what's that world going to be like? You know, what's the filmation world going to be like oh, I think the filmation world's a little more stable than the other ones but this yeah. one the power swords are gone right you know and I kept thinking now that you have this okay I mean I was thinking at first if he man's dead you know and Skeletor is relatively down but he's not out you know what's going to happen here
4: so much you could do with it because you don't need yeah. the power swords for this guy right he didn't yeah. turn into he-man he didn't turn into Prince of Adam he didn't need the power yeah. swords. they're all they are is, right now yeah. they've been in mm-hmm. Castle of Grayskull. Yeah, you could do. I mean, there's tons. There's so well,
5: much stuff.
3: And in the mini comics, uh, once the story was done with the the power swords, he was he was going on just fine with just a battle axe and his his uh, shield, yeah. right? And
4: yeah. the
3: dagger in his boot. Yeah.
4: Yeah. He didn't Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but that would be the excuse to do more sort of barbarian stuff, right? Like that would be. Yeah. Now you've kind of got like uh, Castle Grayskull is. I mean. Then you don't have to make the story about getting into castle Grace every week which is was great for t- selling toys but like if you had an ongoing fantasy you could do all kinds of stuff with a wandering he-man you know like on this on this world that's destroyed like oh man so much cool yeah <clears throat>
5: yeah i can never oh, hear right uh, is Tila now going to take over, like, a true goddess role of a Great Skull in that world, perhaps? That she was obviously already in the castle. without
4: to again, Right, which totally comes from many comics, because at some point they say that Tila's destiny, I mean, she was, uh, I think it's, I don't, don't, don't want to, like, reference the wrong book, but she was basically the sorceress in those stories, right? She was yeah. in the castle in the second one second or first one and then there's that vision of the king of castle Grayskull, which is like this kind of shadowy guy with a cape but he's kind of got green skin I think or something um, but she was supposed to be waiting for the person to can't you know take over the castle like she was she wasn't the captain of the guard she wasn't the goddess right she was just this woman who was tasked with protecting the, the castle and basically waiting for her husband to come home I guess they just kind
2: of and Well, let's be honest. At the time, it was a little sexist. She did kick her. She did kick in her own way. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm.
4: And we kind of played her a little different, you know. But to me, that was just extrapolating what was there. And I and I tried to play as nerd as I am. I was like, I have to like rectify that she was this sort of free spirited person who was running around on a unicorn, Mm -hmm. like doing all of a sudden she's doing this. Like, well, no, she just accepted this duty, Mm -hmm. and she was still. That's why I had this scene where she says. You know, she she remembered the freedom of running around on her charger and, and like, you know, this idea that she did this out of a duty because she's, you know, a hero. That was so well done. And that was kind of a curious point to me because uh, she
5: clearly has snake staff as fiends. So I was kind of wondering if she was de facto the
2: goddess.
4: Yeah, I think think they're different in this story, right? I think the goddess was a different character. The goddess was, like, some kind of... You know, weird guide like. He, well, they, that's I mean, where
2: uh, we were kind of going. Was there an uh, an idea of bringing the green one? I call her the green. goddess. mentioned.
4: I think she's mentioned, right? Or they call her yeah. the sorceress. They don't call her the goddess. They don't call her goddess until yeah. later. This is my nerd stuff. Um, but they called her the sorceress. in The original story, she was called sorceress. But she gives him right. the weapons, right? She gives him the the harness. She gives him uh, the axe. She gives him the shield. Um, and then and, and I think she gives him the. Uh, battle ram too, mm-hmm. right? Or
0: yeah,
3: no, or sky. Sky. Oh wait, so my uh, thinking
5: was, uh, was that. that story.
3: Yeah, my thinking
4: was sort of like they, this was when he called, says he's gonna call. You know, we see he mentions two different people. He says he'll call the sorceress and he'll call Tila. They're both. My thinking was, you know, and mm-hmm. goddess kind of came about later to separate the green tila from the bird sorceress, right? But in, in this, she was called sorceress. Uh, yeah. I try to stick with the details as they were presented because I am a meticulous nerd about that.
2: <laughs> oh, oh, and it shows. Again, this is why you're the right guy for this. Coming up on the hour, I want to hit you up a little bit about what's coming because you left it with a big cliffhanger. We're back. To the anti Eternia, and it was cool seeing the other characters. Yeah, anti I don't even want to say anti Manny faces, anti Buzz Off. And so, heading toward the last issue, what are we going to look forward to?
4: It's going to be a big fight, obviously. I have no choice but not to have you. I mean, <clears throat> you definitely want to see anti Buzz Off versus uh good guy Trapjaw and all that, right? Yeah, so we'll do that for sure because nice. why, why wouldn't we? And we'll have Randor on Night Stalker and all that. Um, but the six is, I'm really proud of it. It's where you kind of put all the things, the questions that we had into one. So what the question, the whole series has been, what does it take to beat a bad he-man? Does it take, does it take a good Skeletor? And is it possible to be that? Right. Because Mm -hmm. that is every time Keldor tries to make a choice that is like for the good, he ends up becoming closer to Skeletor. Um, That's the twist, obviously. So it's it becomes very much about him as a character, and I you know I'm really happy with that character. I think the the sort of um, he ends up getting to be like we said like this sort of modern Master universe fan. He he's like us. He's a little bit jaded. He's a little bit unsure. And he's a little bit untrusting, but he's seeing this world unfold in front of him. So it's really be it's, it becomes a, a very much a character study between him and and anti He Man. So and I'm really happy with uh, Rob. David told me when he read the last script, he got tears in his nice. eyes. So, uh, so I definitely tried to like make it as, <clears throat> as sort of for the fans as I could. And I'm mean, even sort of assuming like, I know that some regular comics critics aren't going to get this, but them, and okay. I'm just trying to make like the best <laughs> T-Man story I can.
3: That's right. Nice.
2: Well, I do like the idea. And like I said before, we had circular storytelling. We always end up going back, but the hero went on the journey He's obviously not the same. We see the physically the difference. And I thought that was a bit harsh, but it does make it cool. You know, he's half a face. (laughs) Obviously, you know, we all have our theories of where this is kind of going. But I do like that you hit the dichotomy between these two, you know, and part of it. I always wondered uh, when you did the story and all that and you were kind of coming up with the idea of characters And you brought it again that you didn't have enough. Do you think uh, it would have been, what kind of story would you have told if you had other characters coming? Like if you had the room to have the other heroes go on this journey, how would it, do you think, I'm trying to say, would it have been different from your original idea if you brought in other characters? Or was this your basic idea of just having these two? Because now I'm pointing out that Keldor's lost everybody in his final say. Yeah. Yeah, so no matter
4: what, that would have happened. I Had I had more brought in, Gwildor would have been there. Instead of sort of taking him out early, I would have brought in probably like Attila or two or something like that, depending on the story. I would have had more characters. I, and I, w- I was using, uh, when I started this, I, I studied uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths by Marv and George Perez. And, um, you know, it's something you couldn't do now because everybody would, because it's all over the place and it doesn't have like a sort of focused narrative. Uh, Well, no, it does. It doesn't have a focused set of character arcs. It has like all these characters, like everybody doing all these things. Um, And it's awesome. And that's why it works. And that's why superhero comics are awesome. And I would have used that even more of a template. I would have maybe more than one team. I would have people doing different things. I would have loved to have done something involving like, you know, anti-He-Man is sort of on this one track. And so this team is working on that. But also, there's this like because the Cosmic Enforcers have all been killed, that like the universe is falling apart. So, there's this other team sent to do that. And I would have had uh, other narratives that would have done it, which I so wish I could have done. But you know, I just didn't have
3: the- you know, I, th- I mean, I think there's absolutely opportunity for there to be uh, another Masters of the Universe series. I mean, DC's been putting you know, has given us uh, more than one now. And uh, I would love for them to to accept a pitch, you know, from you to to uh, continue on with with something related to uh, multiverse or maybe just a new series that explores the mini comics or that uh, takes off, you know that that's related to well, not necessarily, uh, an ongoing series, but it would be nice to see uh, a series of standalone stories rather than one continuous 50, 100 issue, yeah, uh, ongoing well, story. I think, you
4: know, and that's the thing is that you know the the new fifty two quote unquote He Man, the Attorney mm-hmm. War Master universe, is a perfect and con- contained long form master. Universe. Mm-hmm. You know, like it exists so it doesn't have to be done again. Like they killed it; right. they did an awesome job. It is. Uh, it is a full reimagining of Master's of the Universe. It, it contains Shira. Ra, it, it does everything it needs to do, it ends perfect. Mm-hmm. So, that's the thing is you don't need to do another one, right? Yeah, so, um, so, like, so in the future, I mean, I and I, I guess my faith in how this would work was different before, like, last Saturday when all everything went insane. Um, but if you're a fan of Master and you would like to see more of this stuff, you have to let Mattel know because I don't think they, right. You know, a lot of this stuff exists because of the passion of the people who work at Mattel. So, like, Mm -hmm. Rob loves these. All the people who work on the brand, they love this stuff because they see it as to keep people interested in the various. One of my favorite things about Rob David is his view of He-Man is that it's all real. It all matters. All of it
5: Mm
4: is, you know, someone's He-Man, That's that's the. he loves it all because it's somebody's He-Man. So, uh, if you want to see that kind of stuff, you have to tell Mattel. Um, because they'll tell these EC will make things because they have life. But you have to tell Mattel that you want a fantasy comic uh set in the old mini series comic. But you have to tell them you want a filmation comic. Right. Mattel is the ones you gotta tell. Not don't tell me, because I have no power. I would love to do it. I would sign up in a second, I would do it with Tom Derek, I'd do it with Dan Freger, I would do it with Freddie Williams, or I'd do it with all three of them. You gotta tell Mattel. Like that's the you know, that's the people who and they're in a weird position, I'm sure, now because They've got two cartoons coming out and mm-hmm. they're working on a film. And so like, you know, they're focused, they're very busy with this brand right. and they, you know, but they, they've set themselves up smartly to be able to do different versions of He-Man, which is like something that not everybody is able to, to do, right? Like you can't do multiple versions of, of some properties because they conflict and then people don't understand it. But, but there's going to be two He-Man cartoons. So it would be no problem for there to be a cartoon, a comic book that was different than the cartoon um, or, a comic book based on the cartoon, or a prequel to the cartoon, mm-hmm. or whatever. But
2: you have to tell them.
3: What What's uh, the so best like- way to do that? Like the what's the best form for that? Because there are various uh, like Facebook groups and pages. Like there's the uh, He Man and the Masters of the Multiverse Facebook page there are various masses of the universe groups, but uh, what what would you, what's your idea of the best way for fans to communicate this to uh, Mattel?
4: I mean, Rob has to hear. That's the one who, who makes the choices. Yeah. So, do
3: you have know, a phone number? Are, he, <laughs> well,
4: yeah, I'm not going to, I won't do that. Thing, yeah. Rob, Rob is on the Facebook group, and Rob is on, yeah. he's on the Man.org and he, mm-hmm. he's a cool guy who would love to know how you feel about it. And if you, if you set up you know, like petitions or like a, um, or like a, whatever. And like, she's the interest in, you mm-hmm. know, like we would love to see uh, a mini comics, Master Universe Macy's. If enough people say that and he sees it, then he'll do it. Like, and Rob would love more than anything to have to do that stuff. Like mm-hmm. he, he, he has supported so many cool projects that haven't happened uh, not because of him, but because of everybody else. So, right. uh, so just, yeah, if you want things to happen, like, you know, he's the guy to, to direct your passion towards and and know that he is a defender of the brand and, and loves it as much as you do and wishes he could do everything you want. And he just needs to know to be able to tell his bosses that, look, the fans are here. They're excited. Um, nice. Let's do this, you know.
5: Nice.
4: Because I'll do it. I'll, I'll, I will sign up. Me and Tom Darin I could do a, a fantasy world, you know, mini comics, Master Universe series,
3: and mean. it would be killer. Nice.
2: One of my last questions, Um, was there an iteration you wished you could have touched on? Because there's a couple more that, you know, I was always curious about. Like, I was wondering if you were going to, you brought it up, the DC universe where we left off, you know, were we going to go back there? Uh, Or the other one, my personal one, I wanted to see the classic universe.
4: Well, I mean, don't count out the new 52 DC one because I love that one. And I, as I said, it's a perfect round circle. So don't count it out. Um, but the one I didn't get to do that. I would love to do would have been at the end of the star comics, Master of the universe. There was a like future imperfect story by George Caragon, uh which is basically like in the future, um, there's no he-man and Skeletor mm-hmm. takes over the world. Do you know this one? Does anybody remember? Yeah. This that one? was the last one, two yeah. issues. Yeah. It's so well done, and it's it's really emotional. I mean, the Star Comics Master Universe was, you know, whatever it was, it was pretty chaotic and not consistently written. And um, but that that arc is awesome. This future where there's like, you know, basically this sort of it, it's basically X Men uh, Days of Future Past, but with Master. Uh, I would love to have done something with that. And I actually like the last issue had that He Man in it until. Like the very last minute, but I cut him. Hmm. So, but yeah, I would have loved to have done something. I also would have loved to have done that knockoff idea I had of doing like platino <laughs> and um, that would be like, so cool. Yeah, uh, Fantasy World and Black Star. Well, I, we couldn't do Black Star because he's a real thing, but um, like knockoff Mexican He Man's with with like purple armor and black hair. And like, I would have loved to have done something with that. I I, I have so much affection for that stuff. Um, as my parents were not super uh rich member kids. My grandma was able to the one who buys the real humans, but my mom would have often buy us off humans. So like my affection for that sort of that stuff is uh, is, is is super high. So oh. uh, it would have been hilarious to me for them to show up in a bar full of like all
5: the knockoff Master Universe characters. Yeah. That would have been so cool.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wanted to just say that uh, it would it would have been great to see the goddess, you know, the the green armored um, sorceress in this uh, issue five uh, but uh, i would love to see a reference to either the uk magazines or the that new uh masses the wwe universe those those oh, new yeah, toys yeah. or the I upcoming origin series
4: yeah <laughs> i've been i've been buying the well i consider the origin basically just it's not its own thing it's it's sort of a it's not yet uh, it's mm-hmm. a survey of like here's the most iconic versions right Right. Um and so it's basically like a little bit of mini comics, a little bit of filmation, and that's kind of what I consider classics too. I don't, I know that there's a there are cards on the back that say consider this a universe, but like to me, classics is just like here's how everything works, so that we can give you more toys, which is great, but that's what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know if I consider it its own continuity. Like it's it's just all the things put together in a sort of yeah. genius
2: fusion. Um.
4: Well, I but, took uh, it
2: because the bios tried to justify everything. The Green Goddess, yeah. with Tila, with the Sorceress. And there was, uh, talking to uh, Scott Nylik, there was a story, like a whole well, sure. big epic thing. That's why I took it as its own continuity. And yeah, he did is. put the mini comics. Yeah.
4: yeah. Again, I mean, not the best. I wrote, I wrote three of them. So, like, I definitely. Yeah. You know, I. <laughs> That's but awesome. it, it, It's it's more like a remix, like a you know, like a it's like a it, it's like you took like all the hot tracks and remixed them into one dance party track. You know what I mean? Like, it's like which an I think great, which totally works. Um, and right. I think it's 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 own sort of um, but yeah, like but it would be hard to use because it's not it'd be hard to do something with it because it's not uh, by definition not uh defined by its uniqueness, right? Like it's not it has all the other things. And I guess you could almost consider like the crossover He Man, the one that shows up, you know, the the He Man that shows up in Thundercats, the one that fights. That's kind of the class. That's kind of classic, right? I, you know, like,
3: I could, yeah, you that's, know, I could, he's the
4: one that has all of the story. So like, if you love it all, here he is, and that's why he works the crossover.
3: I, I could see them having a final battle, you know, anti uh, anti He Man and Kildur, and them like skipping through different uh, dimensions. You know, uh, like the the knockoff ver- multiverse, the classics yeah. multiverse. The you know, one of the universes could be like they're suddenly on the floor of power Con- the power Con convention, yeah. and yeah. <laughs> and then they're all there with their phones
2: thing. taking pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and one,
4: <laughs> one of the ideas Rob sent me originally, which was based on that moment the, the Skeletor scene in one of his issues, which was that one of the universes is the action figure world, right? Like that, uh-huh. yeah. that you would like, but, and they did it in, in his comic. They had like a photo of Skeletor toy. Um, but I, I love that idea. I just like, I just couldn't find a way to make it work dramatically. It was too hard. Cause for, for me, it's always like, well, what, what is the emotional payoff here? And so I always choose the cheat of what'll make you feel something first. And I didn't have one for that,
3: you know? So it's too even if I toy. love it, Story.
4: Yeah. You know, and, and you know, there's, a, there's totally a, a scenario in this where, you know, we, we do a, the whole battle scene and then we pull back and it's you playing with the toys. Like that uh, could totally, okay. could, that totally could have been a scenario that we did, which we did not do.
0: It would have been like I mean, a St. Elsewhere. Yeah.
1: I was about yeah, to say right. Saint Elsewhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's oh, wow. the Lego.
2: Like, End of the Lego, Lego, Lego movie. movie. Or Lego movie.
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. And that was kind of a, you said, oh, this is toys. This is all young you draw yourself, you, a ten-year-old Tim Seely playing with the toys, and that's yeah. the end of the comic book. I would be mad. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just felt like it wouldn't be.
4: An, I mean, it's funny, but it's I don't it's emotionally. You know, it's, I, I have to play it like what's what is your emotional, and, and if I can't get it, then I have to let it go. But mm-hmm. um, but obviously, I love the toys. I have even photos of my basement. You know that I uh, I love the toys very much. <laughs>
5: nice, awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'd like to say that I really have enjoyed the comic series so far. I'm excited to see what you're going to be doing with the
4: last issue. I have to say I'm dreading the uh, multiverse collapses uh, with no <laughs> But But I think you will be very happy. I think everybody will enjoy the last issue because I'm very proud of it. It's very, uh, I don't know, it's consistent with the question asked by
5: the series.
2: Well, again, I don't want to take up any more of your time. I would like to thank you, and uh, again, asking you, what are you going to be working on? Where can we find you? Again, if we don't like the last issue, where can we haunt you? <laughs> yeah, I'm on uh, I'm on Twitter
4: at hacking. Uh, I was doing a bunch of stuff for Valiant, but uh, they shut down on Friday, so I don't know what the- I'm doing. I got oh, wow. uh, money shot from Vault Comics and Vampire the Masquerade from Vault. Um, that's my current stuff. And uh, teach uh, I teach uh, comics, and I teach uh storyboarding at Columbia College of Chicago although not right now because everything's
2: shut down so if you want to see more of those
4: He-Man comics make sure you let Mattel uh, know that you love it
2: well if you're not busy you want to draw comics for us we'll, we'll all give <laughs> yeah. you a story idea <laughs> sorry write them
5: <laughs>
2: yeah guys-
4: I mean at this point I may just do it for the point because I, everything's topsy-turvy and I have no idea what the hell's going to go on I mean I this is the first time in my life I've been in a position of not knowing what I'm doing next week. It's, it's I mean, that's not in my life, but in my professional life. Uh, this is the first time in uh, 21 years that I've been like, yep, I don't know. I don't know what's going on next week. So, yeah, not great. But we're all in the same boat, so let's try to uh, enjoy it together and uh, make some cool stuff. Absolutely. I'd like to
2: thank you.
1: I'd like to thank our special guest, Tim Seeley, for joining us. Again, if you have not read Masters of the Multiverse, go pick it up. It is a great storyline, and we're coming up to the conclusion, which will be next month. Also, I'd like to thank our friends over at He-Man.org. Remember to get your up-to-the-minute Masters of the Universe news. You can always check it out there. PowerCon tickets are still on sale. Pre-orders for their exclusives have been extended. If there is any change to PowerCon states, we will let you know. But as of now, it is still in August, but subject to change with the world that we live in right now. Until next time, good journey.
2: This is Renee. i I'd like to thank you all for listening. You can subscribe to the Council of the First Ones on your favorite podcast. And for the latest nerd news, be sure to check out Nerds on the Couch on our Facebook page. And good journey.
3: This is David Clark. Thank you so much. This was a fantastic episode uh, to share with all of you. I want everybody to please visit adultcollector.org for all their the latest He-Man and She-Ra news. And also check out the He-Man and the Masters of the Multiverse Facebook page. All right? Good journey. this is Rex. I would like to give one for having me in today and our
0: special guest, Tim, for being on the show. good journey. And this is Sean, and I want to say thanks uh, to Tim Seely for dropping by and having a Q&A with us again. And uh, I wanted to throw out there, too, uh, a friend of mine and I have a, a, a podcast where we talk about the episodes and the... the the literature of Masters of the Universe as well called Legends of Greyskull and uh, we do that once a week and uh, if you want to check us out, go for it and also I'm online at October Sun Art, so yeah, I'm busy but anyway, uh, it's good to be back again, thank you guys, good journey This has been a Nerds on the Couch production in association with AdultCollector.org